Good morning. It's just gone half past eight. I'm Peter Lewis and welcome to Money Talk Extra on RTHK Radio 3. Regardless of whether you're a local or have come to work and live here in Hong Kong like myself, Money Talk Extra is a programme for everyone. We try to address your personal financial concerns and needs. First up this morning, I'll look at how to arrange your pension, both in Hong Kong and in your home country if you're an expat. And have you thought about working while travelling around the world? Jimmy Lamb speaks to a listener who is a digital nomad to understand how his lifestyle affects his financial situation. And in our investment segment, I'll explore investments suitable for the elderly. If you'd like us to help you with any financial advice, please do get in touch. You can email moneytalk at rthk.hk. You'll also find us on Facebook, Money Talk Extra, on RTHK Radio 3. Expats account for 4.6% of the total population in Hong Kong. Many of them move to Hong Kong because of job opportunities and the low tax rate in the territory. If you're one of them, then you'll know that a big consideration when moving to Hong Kong is dealing with pension arrangements, both here in Hong Kong and also in your home country. It's usually impossible to know how long you'll be here, but the chances are one day you'll return to your home country. So how do you make sure that you have adequate pension coverage, both here in the Territory and your place of domicile? Joining me now is David Shaw, Managing Director of Indigo. Good morning, David. Good morning. This is a complex topic, isn't it? Because if you're an expat here in Hong Kong, you have to think about your pension arrangements in more than one country, both here and the country that you've left. So how do you go about dealing with that? The first issue to um, to be concerned with is is understanding what is required. Um, many generations ago, people didn't have to consider pensions. Either the government or their employer took care of everything for them. That's very much changed in the last few decades with the introduction of defined contribution schemes. So people have to realise first and foremost that it's their responsibility to ensure that they're fully funded with their scheme. So if they do have a plan overseas, um, the most important thing or back in their home country is to understand how that's treated while they're overseas, uh, what level of retirement income that may provide for them and whether it's something they can continue funding while they're living here in Hong Kong. And you also have to think about funding a pension here in Hong Kong as well because we have the Mandatory Provident Fund which you will have to contribute to. You can also make additional voluntary contributions to that. Is that an advisable thing to do? The best place to start in Hong Kong is with employer type schemes. Um, the Hong Kong uh, Mandatory Provident Fund has had a lot of negative press ever since it was launched in 2000. Much of it was unfair. Um, it, it wasn't particularly good value when it started but fees have come down considerably. It's well regulated, it's very secure mm. Uh, it's reasonably flexible and it's quite transparent. So compared to many of the individual options that are, that are sold to expats here in Hong Kong, the MPF is actually a very good vehicle in which to save for retirement because it is a recognised regulated retirement scheme. It, it does have its limitations and restrictions. So if there is no other supplementary occupational plan available, then voluntary contributions into the MPF plan are a very sound strategy. And if you don't have any pension coverage other than your work-based schemes, should you consider some sort of contractual savings plan or insurance-linked uh, sort of type product? Uh, I have to say absolutely not, actually. Um, voluntary contributions into MPF are infinitely preferable to those type of schemes. Um, Hong Kong has a very weakly regulated personal financial services market. There's no consumer legislation here. So the type of products that are sold by advisors, more like salesmen, really, in Hong Kong uh, and, and insurance agents are the type of products that have been removed from markets, other developed markets, many decades ago. So typically those products favour the salesperson and the, the service providers to the detriment 
equivalent of the, the saver. And that's because the fees are often very high on them. They're very complex products. The fees are extremely high, uh, undisclosed often. Uh, commissions are, are extraordinary, um, in, in many cases, again, undisclosed. And those type of products are also full of uh, onerous restrictions that are, that are also undisclosed. So very few people who buy such products really understand the true nature of them and the true costs involved. MPF, by comparison, is a fraction of the price, yet there's no comparisons provided. There's no transparency. People know how much MPF costs because the MPFA makes sure that information is available to the public but there's no similar disclosure of fees in terms of individual products. So therefore, those service providers are pretty much free to, to charge whatever they can get away with. And what about also those occupational retirement schemes um, here in Hong Kong? How flexible are they? Well, also is, is possibly one of the best pieces of pension legislation in the world. It's, it's extraordinarily flexible and particularly accommodating of a multinational um, country like Hong Kong because so many different nationalities can benefit from it, not just when they're in Hong Kong, but when they return home. The thing is, though, that also is, is just a piece of legislation. There are great differences in also plans. Um, some of those early adopters who set schemes up back in the 1970s and 80s have failed to upgrade the scheme. So the plans themselves are disappointingly basic, um, but a very modern also plan is is probably the ultimate place to save uh, for one's retirement extraordinarily secure flexible tax efficient and low cost so you could be contributing here in hong kong to an mpf scheme to an also what happens when you leave hong kong that depends very much on the on your intentions where you're going as well so for example if you're a u.s uh, expatriate who's returning home it's generally advisable to liquidate any holdings that are that are held in hong kong and take those returns home Uh, for other countries it can make sense to retain the holdings within a hong kong scheme because hong kong has a number of double taxation agreements with countries around the world so it can be preferential for those savings to remain in the hong kong domicile plan but it does vary from from person to person and once somebody's left employment they really don't want to exit the plan because they can't get back in. It's, it's best once you're in, you take full advantage of it. And if you're a UK national and you move abroad, you can now cash in your pension in the UK and, and take a lump sum, can't you? Is that an advisable thing to do? It's it's a very tricky area, extremely complex. There's been a it's been the subject of a huge amount of mis-selling in recent years in, in Hong Kong. People have been persuaded to leave very highly regulated, uh, very beneficial schemes in the UK to move into insurance-linked products in uh, around the world simply for the purpose of generating a commission for the salesperson. There are circumstances where it makes sense for somebody to to move out of a UK scheme, but invariably it doesn't. Typically, they're they're moving from a very low-cost, regulated, transparent scheme to something that that isn't. And what about if you're a U.S. citizen? You're still paying taxes to the U.S. What happens when you move back to the U.S.? How does the U.S. treat any accrued benefits that you have in another country such as Hong Kong? When you, the options for U.S. nationals are very limited. So, so MPF and also plans when they're available are an excellent option for them to use. Mm. But when they do go back, as, as mentioned earlier, probably the best thing to do is for them to encash those benefits and take that back into the States. But they need to make sure, I mean, MPF is exempt from reporting, so they, because it is a government scheme, occupational retirement schemes, they do need to report uh, either on an annual basis or a prompt distribution to make sure they're compliant with the local tax laws in the States. Do expats tend in general to have adequate retirement funds? And is there sort of like a, a rule of thumb about how much you should build up? The, the rule of thumb is you should try and have 25 times the amount of income you want. So if you want a million Hong Kong dollars a year, you should have at least two and a half million Hong Kong dollars uh, set aside. But obviously retirement income can come from a number of different sources. So it could come from rental properties, it can come from dividends from stocks, it can come from yields from bonds. Um, but commonly from a, a retirement scheme should be a significant proportion of that because it is very liquid. People can draw down.
down from those schemes as and when they require the money and then keep it invested in the interim period. Um, people generally are massively underfunded and, unless they have uh, an extraordinary ability to save while they're here, as many expats do. But it is a challenge for, for other people to accumulate whether they're expats or not. David, thank you very much. You're welcome. You heard there from David Shaw, Managing Director at 